our love relationship with you, God. Thank you that from all eternity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit have rejoiced in one another, have loved and brought glory to each other, and you invite us into that beautiful dance, God, to be your people, to enjoy a love for one another and a love for you that brings great joy to our hearts, God. Thank you, God, that we get to invite others into a relationship with you around the globe, even as Robert has shared about Cuba. God, there are people to be reached here in Salt Lake City, in Guatemala, East Africa, Japan, Cuba, Europe, places we have been this last couple of years as your people. And so, God, we want to be a light to the nations. God, teach us now um, about your heart for relationship and connection, and we ask you to do these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Good to see you. Welcome to Risen Life. We're glad you're here this morning. It's so exciting to hear from Robert and Robert and Donna and Chris's trip to Cuba and how they are connecting with people there, kind of in the early stages. We always are looking for opportunities to love and serve people in Jesus' name. And in fact, there's a missions team meeting today. Uh, we want to share all the trips that we are planning for the next year and also new opportunities that we're talking about. If you are interested in participating in reaching nations through our church, please come to that meeting. It's a 1230 day in the fellowship hall. God might be calling you to go somewhere this year on a short-term mission to serve in Jesus' name. It's a great opportunity and we're thankful for that. Uh, we are in a vision series here at Risen Life uh, we've talked last week, Pastor Robert and myself, about our vision and our mission is, is the transformation of lives. We call it real life transformation that God has in the past sanctified us in Jesus, changed us dramatically and made us new. He presently, as believers in Jesus, is making us more like his son and he will one day make us perfect. And that is our goal and our aim in everything we do. And we have a strategy that we're going to be rolling out with you. Connect, grow, serve, and reach here in the next few weeks. And today we're going to talk about connecting. That God has called us to relationships. Uh, he has said that really the summation of all his commands in the scripture is to love God and love each other. Right? That's it. That's what we're to do. We're to, we're, we're to be in a relationship with God, a relationship of love with God, and a relationship of love with each other. And that summarizes everything he tells us to do. And that's what we mean when we talk about connection. It's, it's a loving relationship with God and with each other that transforms us into the image of Christ. So this morning I want to talk about this sermon briefly here um, in three points. One is that we are uh, worshiping a God of connection. There's a God of connection. Two is we're called to connect with God, and three, we're called to connect uh, with each other. So let me begin by just talking about a God of connection. We've sung it this morning. Our God is a God who is in three persons. Blessed Trinity. Isn't that amazing? From all eternity, God has been in fellowship with himself. Satisfied completely giving honor and glory to each other, enjoying each other, making the world together and going, look at this, <laughs> and just enjoying each other, making us, bringing us to himself, the three working in conjunction, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to transform a people into worshipers of him. It's an amazing, beautiful picture. He didn't need us. He didn't need to add us to have fellowship or to experience love. He had it in himself from all 
eternity. And he, invent, he invites us into what one author says, sort of the dance of the Trinity, to, to know this relationship that God has had from all eternity. So he invites us now, as a God of relationship, to connect with himself and to connect with others. Let's just look at this. In fact, I'm going to take, take us to uh, John chapter 15 this morning. I'm going to read verses 9 to 11. <clears throat> and this is God in inviting us into a love relationship, an abiding relationship with him. It says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, abide in my love. That's, that's God inviting us into a connection with him. Abide in him. Abide in his love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy will be full. So we're to abide in God's love, and nothing will give us so much joy as that. That's what we're made for, to know God, to walk in Him, to enjoy fellowship with Him and a relationship of love. It says in John 3.16, for God so loved the world, us, right, that He gave His one and only Son. See you smiling, and this is the gospel. That whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. But we got to hear that God loves us, right? That's why he sent his son, because God loved us and he invites us into an intimate fellowship with him. What the world needs to hear from God is that he loves them, that God demonstrates his love for us, that when we were still sinners, Romans 5, 8, Christ died for us, right? I think this is when we see and feel and know the love of God, when we're at our worst, when we know we don't deserve it, right? When we have violated him and his commandments and we have run ourselves through the mud and he still says to us, knowing everything about us, I love you. That's when we know and experience the love of God. So God wants us to know him. He wants us to abide in him. He wants us to know his love. And he gives us, I think in this little text, three ways to do that. Verse 7, it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. We see this, the key to abiding is to let his words abide in us and to communicate with him in prayer and have this ongoing relationship. It's basic. It's simple. God speaks to us through his word, and we speak to him through prayer. We have this intimate love relationship with him, and he invites us into that. And we talked about last week how this is a labor. It's a toil. And, and if there's one thing I've learned about my walk with God over many years is that we got to put effort into it. Can't just sit around. we gotta, we got to work at it with the, with the tools he's given us to form a relationship with him. You got to read his word. And there's so many creative, cool ways to do it today. You can listen to it in the car. You got you carry around these phones and you can play it. I, I mean, I wake up in the middle of the night and I and I can't go to sleep. I just 
hit my button, and there's, there's the chapter I'm memorizing, and I spend a little time just memorizing, just letting his word soak in me, two o'clock in the morning sometimes, you know, but just let his word just get into my heart. My wife puts verses on the wall, she has chalkboards in her house, and she writes verses, trust in the Lord with all your heart, is the word on the chalkboard today. And I looked at it as I was reading my Bible this morning. So to know God, we've got to read his word, right, to know him. Eternal life is to know him, to know who he is. I, I think as Christians, we don't know our God well, right? We know about him. We know some things about him. But to know him, we've got to study his word, that he is good, right, and he does good. That means... He, 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 he blesses us. He wants to bless us. It gives him pleasure like us as earthly fathers. We want to bless our kids. It gives him joy to be good to us, right? And he's sovereign. That means he's got the power to be good to us. When he says all things work together for good, to those who love God and are called according to his purpose, that can be true because he's in control of everything. He's big enough to do it all. You know him as your sovereign God who is good to you. That he's wise. He knows the best way. Right? He knows that if you go this way, it's a blessing. If you don't, you're in trouble. And he tells us he knows the best way for every direction, every question you have in your life, for the best outcome for you, for the best number of people. He is wise and he's faithful. Always with us, never changing. So he's not fickle where he, he starts out. I say this often. He doesn't get us to this point just to drop us on our heads. <laughs> he's doing something good that he's going to complete in us to the day of Christ Jesus. Do you know this, God? And he moves the world to show you that he loves you. He sent his son to hang on a cross, the son of God, naked, hanging on a cross for you and me. Do you know him? Do you know his love? Do you know these realities? Have you known him to the depth that you now say, okay, I can trust that God. I can rest in that God, right? It's one of the beautiful things about being a Christian for over 40 years is I know these things are true about God because they've been tested in my life time and time again. And many of us have known him that long and longer in this room today. Do you know him so that you trust him? Your heart rests with him. got to read the word. That's how we get to know him. And then he calls us to prayer in this text that we ask whatever is on our hearts. He says, can it be done for you? So when we know God, we ask things that are in line with his will, and he's quick and easy like a, a father wants to give good gifts to his children. I think prayer is primarily committed, given to us for intimacy, for conversation with God. We should pray to God. It says pray without ceasing, right? Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. That's a lot, right? In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. To bring the tiniest little things to Him as we walk through the day. When I drive by your houses, sometimes I'm driving along and I know where some of you live, you know, and I see some of your houses, I just pray for you, right? I walk the halls uh, of our church. In fact, I was telling Karen this morning, wherever Karen is, 
Uh, I walk by her, her classroom. I just pray for her. I walk down the halls of our staff, and I pray for each of them as I go down the halls that, that God would just bless them and give them grace to walk faithfully with him. Just for con- I'm in conversation with people, and I can tell the person struggling. I'm just quietly praying for them. I remember when I, my children were little tiny and I was, I was changing their diapers sometimes and, and I just pray for them, right? Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, you just, you just pray to God. Just be in communication with him. Enjoy the fellowship that we've been given to have with him. So we're to, these are basics, things, that, but they, they take some work, right? Putting God's word into your heart and mind and, and talking to him. And then it says, another way to be intimate with God is to obey him. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command you. We've been talking about this in in the holiness series in Leviticus, how the way to walk intimately with God is to be a holy people. There's a structure, a way to live that when we live that way, we walk close to God. When we walk in rebellion to his principles, our hearts are distant to him, right? So so we've got to pursue intimacy with him and and that comes through through holiness you are my friends if you do what i command <laughs> right i love god calls us friends <laughs> whoa that is god stooping way down right <laughs> he calls me a friend <laughs> but then he says to me <laughs> you're not my friend if you don't obey me <laughs> That's a little different than our friendships, right? You know, we don't say that to anybody. <laughs> if you do what I say, you're my friend. We don't, the right, that's human. To, the humans don't do that. They shouldn't, right? But God says, look it, you're my friend, and you'll walk intimately with me if you obey me. He goes, I chose, verse 16, I chose you. You did not choose me. Come to me. I'll be your friend. It's a whole lot different than us as humans, you know. We and we got to be careful that we don't do this to God, right? God, I'll, I'll accept you on my terms. <laughs> you do what I say, then I'll be your friend, right? Oh, no, it doesn't go that way. In fact, D.A. Carson said it aptly: "There's nobody in the Scripture that calls God his friend." God says we are. God says to us, "You're my friend," but we don't say to God. You're my friend. Because it doesn't go that way. It's not on our terms where we set some boundaries on God. But he says to us, you obey me, you're my friend. But we respond to him as Lord and as Savior and we trust him and we obey him. We revere him. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Was and is and is to come. We sang it this morning. We revere him as God. And so we, we read his word, we pray, and we obey. That's how we connect with God and how we abide in him. Basics. But we have to work at those things. Talked about that last week. We also now are called to connect with each other. I want, this is really important. And the order of this is important, right? You, you start by connecting with God, walk in a love relationship with him. But then it says, now, this is my commandment, verse 12 of 15. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. 
Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. That's love. And then he says in verse 17, these things I commanded you, I've told you all this, so that you will love one another. Not only are we to have and connect with God in a love relationship with God, we're to have a connection with each other and love one another. It's the basic commandment of Scripture. Again, all the law is summed up in this. Love God and love people. <laughs> that's all we got to do. Yeah, that's all we got to do. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. And the purpose of connecting, we use the word connect. Right? We use the word connect. Let's get into a relationship with one another. The purpose of, of connecting is that we love one another and, and help each other become what Jesus wants us to become. That's what loving people do with each other. Right? I mean, when I meet with people, I'm going, how do I help you know God better, love him more, walk in his ways better? Or if they don't know him, how do I help you see and know my God? That's what, we, that's what loving people do. That's the purpose of connection. So we are called to connect. We call it connect. We want to love one another. But notice that it's rooted in God's love for us, right? As, as I have loved you, now you're to love one another. There's no way we can pour out love as love is defined, which is to lay down our lives for each other. There's no way we can do that without first experiencing God's love for us. Then out of the reservoir that God has filled us up with in his spirit, we get to pour it out on others because it's unnatural, it's unhuman to lay down our lives for each other, is it? We don't do this unless God has loved us in a way and we've experienced him laying down his life for us. Jesus came to serve us that we might then serve others, right? That's what it says. I didn't come to serve, but to be, to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom. To experience Jesus coming after us, pursuing us, Right? that then we turn and pursue others, right? That's what we're called to do now, connect. Pursue others as God pursued us, right? I'm going to challenge you a little bit here this morning, right, before we're done. Are you doing this, right? And it can be as simple as just greeting a new person this morning that you've never met, or making a phone call to a friend of 50 years this afternoon just to check in. My relationship with my wife started when she was 16 and I saw her across the room and I went over and said hi. <laughs> I've been married for 38 years. <laughs> right? Connect. I mean, and all of that was, it was kind of like the hi was a little bit inflamed, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm like, whoa, hi. That's a different kind of love a bit at that moment. <laughs> to be care, caring people and concerned for others, these are acts of love. Now, now I want to say, right, this is a hard command, I think, to love one another. I want to say this is difficult. This might be the, I kind of think it's almost the hardest thing we do is figure out how to love well. Right? You tell me not to steal, right? That's pretty basic. That's not all that difficult, right? I mean, just don't do it, right? Tell me not to covet. Well, I think that's pretty clear. Don't lie, right? Give a tithe. <laughs> Those are simple things. I know, I mean, just check the box. Did it. But you tell me to love, and people are so complex, and 
words can be arranged in so many different ways. And actions can be interpreted so differently. You tell me to love people or love my wife. I mean, what do I do? <laughs> How do I do that? That's a harder command, I think. It's a hard command. Connecting is a hard thing. It takes courage. So how do we do this, right? Let me just give you, to wrap it up this morning here, about four quick steps. One is, first one is this. It's to be a choice. And it's a powerful choice to love, right? We're, to, we're commanded, love one another. So let's go to work, right? Let's, let's make it a choice. As God chose to love us, we, read, we just read earlier that God chose to his love on us. We're to love, right? In the way he did. He came when we were sinners and he loved us, right? So, so guess what? You're going to love in this room sinners. <laughs> Which means they're going to hurt you when you love them. I don't like this about loving. It hurts, right? We know that it hurt Jesus. Didn't it hurt Jesus to love us? It's going to hurt us to love each other. We got to know that. But I think love's at its best there, you know. And, it, and, it's, and it's sacrificial. It means we're, we're giving up something. Jesus died to love us. I mean, it, it costs us something to go and greet a new person, doesn't it? You know it. I do. I go through this every Sunday. Like, am I going to make an idiot of myself today? What am I going to say that's going to go wrong, right? What am I, am I going to, because I do this sometimes. I don't intend to. Ask the wrong question, say something stupid. The safer thing is to just not say hi to anybody. Fair enough? Because that's what a bunch of you are going to do today, right? <laughs> lay down our lives. And it's, and it's a relentless pursuit of relationship, I think, even when, even when it hurts, right? I don't know a relationship in my life that really matters, that is deep and long-lasting and fulfilling that doesn't hurt. Are we willing to pay that price? But it's a choice, right? Now, 2 Corinthians 6, 11 to 13, and and for those of you who have the U version app, this verse was added at 2 a.m., so it isn't in your U version app this morning. <laughs> now I'm conscious of like this new thing. We, we submit verses mid afternoon on Saturday, and now my 2 a.m. addition to the sermon isn't in your U version. It creates a problem for me in my soul, you know, so I'm just confessing this. <laughs> it says, We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us. Paul said, I've loved you, right? But you are restricted in your own affections. You're not loving me back, right? In return, I want you to widen your hearts to me also. Okay, so, so here's the invitation to us. Let's go deeper in our honesty and our transparency with each other. Open your hearts to each other. We, again, we know this is risky. We're going to get hurt. We know it. That's why we don't do it. But again, we're to love like Jesus. So we're to go deeper. You know, and then many years ago when I preached a sermon on this subject, I talked about four levels of communication. And I won't take but a second here, but the first one's just greeting. Hi, how are you? Now, these are all, these are all little steps of love in their own little way. Sometimes we just greet one another. doesn't require much of us. 
Secondly, sometimes the next level down, we, we, we share facts about things, like talking about like mathematics or economics or, right, or, or the football game yesterday. Right? It's, for most of us, that's a non-emotional issue. Right? It's just, just sharing facts. Right? The next level down is these are issues we talk about that we're passionate about and we care about, but they're not personal in the sense they involve the inside of me. Like I talk about right now, we're, we're arguing over should we put up a high-rise in our neighborhood, and the neighbors are kind of inflamed about this, and we're talking about whether it should be good or bad to have a four-story building in our neighborhood. And, and it's more personal, more passionate kind of discussions. So level three, and we might have those. Or we're, we're passionate about cancer research and helping people with certain uh, disabilities or struggles or battles in their lives. These are passionate and important issues. This is sort of the third level down. And then finally, the bottom uh, is this, talking about things that are deeply personal inside of us, our own character and our own relationship with God and each other. We talk about our sin struggles talk about how God is shaping us. We talk honestly to each other about what God is doing and what he's calling us to. This, this is the deepest place. And this is where we want to go. We want to push our conversations in time. And it takes time, and you should be patient. But you've got to push yourself into those places. But you get to the bottom one there, and it's messy, and it's difficult. But that's where the fruit is, and that's where we do the sort of the serving of one another and loving one another and bearing with one another, all these one another's that show up across the Scripture. Forgiving each other. We want to push. Like Paul says, open up your heart to me. Come on, people. Share at a deeper level than you are. Don't just be at that comfortable place of talking about football today. Right? Football's great. I'll talk some football with you. Maybe not based on the scores yesterday, but <laughs> sorry, John. We did it again badly. And this takes some time, right? It takes time. And um, we've got to take time and invest in people, right? And our lives are so busy today. But, but find ways to connect where you have conversation, right? College students study together and then go have some coffee, right? I see these moms at Sugar House Park where I walk near my house and and moms, several of them with strollers and all kids and dogs and everything kind of attached to them. And they're all walking along here. And, and they're just talking like crazy. You know, they're connecting. There's ways to do this, even in busy stages of life. Get together in groups. We've got community groups. Pastor Jared is the leader of community groups in our church. And he, he'll help you get connected. New men's group starting up. It's just started up last Thursday in the morning. I've got a men's group Thursday night. There's tons of these. I'm starting a new book this Thursday. And some really cool things that... Many of our staff people have uh, gone through to help us get to better places. And if you're interested in a Saturday night men's group or Thursday night men's group, come to mind at my house at 7 o'clock. But there's all kinds of these groups all over. But it takes commitment. It takes time. You've got to invest the time in it. Band, you can come on up. Find a place to connect or just connect one-on-one. -on -one. But I think maybe as much as anything, it just takes us some courage to overcome fears that keep us from deeply connecting with people because it's scary, right? If they really see who I really am, will they still love me, right? When they see how broken I am, will I still be accepted? Will I be loved? Or will I be rejected? 
Or will they not be interested <laughs> in me, right? I've heard those things. But I want to say it's worth it, right? It's worth it. I found it worth it. A lot of times I personally, right, and you have too, been rejected, been kind of shunned. It's happened many times. But it's worth it. Because there are those that want to connect. And I need them and they need me. When I was 23 in my early days in the corporate world, scared young kid called to a pretty big job that God had given me and uh, in a big cafeteria at this factory I worked at and all the people went up to lunch at the cafeteria at lunchtime sat around and talked and told jokes and dealt with business and cool things and I was too scared to go so I brought my little bun my little lunchbox called me Lunchbox Lund because he sat in his office by himself when everybody else went up to the cafeteria. I was scared to death. And an executive at my company came alongside of me and said, you know, I can help you walk with God in a more personal way. He could tell I needed help. I loved God. I was a follower of his. He showed me how to connect with God in ways that I would know his love, how to study his word and how to pray and how to walk in obedience. And in time, I started to gain a little confidence. And I finally left my lunchbox at home and went up to the cafeteria. And you know what? I found those people liked me, kind of. And I liked them. And I started going to the cafeteria. And in time, I became their friends. And in time, they started to see Jesus in me. And in time, some of them came to know Jesus personally because I just had enough courage, right, by the Spirit of God in me to take that step. Today, I experienced the same thing. Sitting in my living room, and there's a window looking out Saturday morning, and there's a neighbor out in his yard. Do I have the courage to walk across the street and say hi? The safer thing to do is to stay in my house, right? And I knew, based on the lessons of the past, I got to go across the road, got to go across the road, right? That's all God is telling us to do is just show the love of Jesus, right, in practical little ways. Just say hi. Can I meet a need? Is there anything I can do? Help break leaves. And God uses those things to advance his kingdom. And it all begins by knowing and understanding that we have a Father in heaven who loves us. Who knows everything about us, all our screw-ups, all our failings, and still says to you and me, I love you, I made you, I'm crazy about you, come to me. I said to one of my neighbors this week who's struggling whether or not there's a God, he says, you know, Kevin, I kind of like you. You're a pastor and I don't get this, I kind of like you. And I said, well, if there is any chance there's a God that loves you, any chance in the world at all, and loves you, and made you, and wants the best for you, wouldn't you want to give that a chance? Please, I said that to a neighbor this week. That's our message. There's a God who loves us. Let's walk in his love, and then let's walk it out, carrying his love to others. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you love us so much. Thank you that you sent your son to show it. Teach us, God, to walk in your ways. Thank you that you are a good, good father. 